All right, good morning, everyone. Good to see you this morning. Good thanks for being here, and uh, we're looking forward to a wonderful day, and thanks for setting aside the time to be here and to really open your hearts to the Lord's presence in our midst and uh, communicating to us the, his heart, which is a heart of healing for his people. So again, uh, so we get, before we get started with anything today, let's just take a few moments. I want to get you acclimated to some uh, orientation of things. Our day, um, you should have a booklet that looks like this, and a card that came in says a relational relationship model of prayer. You should have that. Okay, on your tables is another handout, which we'll be using a little bit later today um, regarding healing. So that also we'll be looking at. So we also have uh, in, the, in the morning time, we have, we'll have a breakout time where you can pray with one another as kind of a beginnings of practice. And then this afternoon, we'll have a little bit uh, lengthier time of prayer with each other based on that relationship model that we're going to teach you today. So today is, is an orientation day. It's a basic day. So if you, it's something you haven't been part of before um, and uh, you know, you, you'll feel at home because we're starting from ground level and building from there. And if you've been involved in seminars we've done here or other places, uh, it'll be a refresher. Plus, we'll hopefully some new material we'll be adding to you today so to help you along and open our hearts more fully to God's healing. Restrooms are, if you haven't discovered them yet, they're through the exit door to the left-hand side. And uh, we have plenty of refreshments. We'll have out all day long. Lunch will be served around 12 o'clock today. So with that in mind, let's begin with some prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. So Father, we thank you for joining us together today. We thank you that you are a God who reveals a healing heart to your people. And in the word of God made flesh, Jesus, you came and he brought the kingdom, both by his words that he spoke and by the deeds that he did, revealing your heart for a suffering, broken world. Thank you, Father, that through the ministry of Jesus, we see the healing is at the heart of the gospel and is the power of the gospel that you spoke often of to us. So, Lord, we pray today that you would send your word to enlighten our hearts more fully to your desire to heal your people. Lord, for many of us here today, all of us, Lord, we are in need of the healing grace and healing presence that you bring us. Open, open our hearts more widely to the things you want to do in us this day. And Lord, also help us to see ourselves as ministers of your healing presence, as vessels of your kingdom breaking into people's lives, that we have a message to a dying, hurting, broken world, that there is hope in Jesus who restores, who heals, who sets free, who gives new beginnings where there's dead ends. So, Father, help us to see ourselves as vessels of that mercy of grace that you bring. Build our time together with each other, Lord. Open our hearts to one another in conversation, in prayer with each other today, and build our relationships together in the love and the unity of the Holy Spirit. And we pray all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. We'll take a moment just to also acknowledge we have uh, different uh, churches here today, uh, Catholic churches and Protestant churches. So Assemblies of God, I won't, I won't call you out or anything, but Assemblies of God in Methodist churches and church, other ch- Catholic churches from the Baltimore area. So we thank you that you join us today uh, in this time. Okay, so let's turn. We're going to start first, if you would, in your booklet. I want to just give a basic introduction, some assumptions we're working with here uh, today. This is page one of your booklet. So we're beginning with this seminar with the idea that we're not going to try to prove um, healing. Uh, we're, that's, we're not here in an apologetic sense of trying to lay the framework for why there should be healing. So uh, we'll have none of, I, I know that that's a, 
a place that uh, can, you can go to, uh, a place that certainly is needed at times. But today we're assuming that you're here to explore healing in some way. Um, so the second thing is um, the practices of healing vary between Christians. So there are many different models of healing. Uh, there's many different approaches to it. Um, we're going to give you an approach today that we found helpful for us, that's relatable for us. We'll talk about models a little bit later on as we move through the day. Um, but basically, uh, Christians have many practices through the centuries regarding healing and many practices today. And all I can say is we have different mod- there are different models, and many of the models have very good points and very helpful things. We're just going to offer you one model today that we found helpful for us. Number three, that you're, today you're not regularly praying for the sick. And when I mean regular, that means you're praying with several people each week for the sick, well, who are sick. And you're praying for their healing and recovery in some way. That you're not regularly praying for the sick, but now are willing to begin, become more consistent. So there's a certain amount of openness that we're in, assuming today uh, in your gathering. Number four is that you are or will be part of a parish or a group in which you can learn to pray for others in a supportive environment. Uh, we'll t- talk about that later on today, but it's really so important to be part of a group or an environment that el- encourages healing, encourages prayer with others, because uh, as you'll see throughout our day, um, practice makes perfect. Well, practice uh, makes us better open to the Holy Spirit that helps us in yielding to the Lord's work to reach uh, those that are hurting and broken. Um, it's, not, it's not a one-off deal. It's something that we have to keep working at, practicing uh, as I said, regularly for us would be at least several people a week that you pray with. And number five, God does heal today, and he wants to do that amongst his people. So we're assuming, uh, making that assumption that you're here with that understanding at least, at least to explore it, that God does heal, um, and that his power to heal is available for us today. So how do we learn? Um, so we're going to begin this learning process today. Uh, obviously, in a couple hours, we can't possibly give you the whole learning process, but there are certain... Um, basic elements of what, how we learn in this process of healing. First is, learning new things, we try to acquire some knowledge which introduces us to new truths that may seem strange to us. <laughs> okay, so we're understanding that healing can seem strange, and there are aspects of it that may seem foreign to our own experience. But today's, one of the key things today is to give you knowledge, and knowledge opens up understanding that to new truths. So knowledge is important, and knowledge has a place in us, uh, in our life. Uh, We don't believe healing is mystical or just falls out of the sky or God rolls the dice, and sometimes some people get healed. We think there's a growing understanding of how he does and who he is. Number two, you begin or we begin to feel the tug within of pursuing this new path. As you gain new knowledge, there's a certain tug. Uh, We like to think it's the Holy Spirit tugging away at our hearts that says, hey, this is something God wants to do today, and he wants to use me in that process, or he wants to work in my life to heal me. Number three is our attitudes begin to change, and we develop new skills, or we call them here practices. We believe that healing involves skills or practices that we can learn. Um, it's, and we're going to dismiss, I hope, some of the myths today that there are super healers, you know, and the rest of us kind of sit and watch, okay, what happens. Uh, We want to dismiss that understanding and basically say that attitudes uh, bring about, change of attitudes brings about new, comes through new skills that we develop, practices that we learn. We're going to teach you a few practices today. Uh, Obviously, one day doesn't cover it all, but we would hope that it would begin 
uh, process a journey for you for that. And lastly, behavior change occurs because we have new knowledge, new attitudes, and new skills. Behavior change means that I start praying with the sick regularly, that I start looking at people and saying, who are hurting body, mind, and spirit, I think the Lord wants to do something there. I'm a vessel of that. I open myself to that. Also for yourselves and ourselves, that we open ourselves up to the healing the Lord wants to work in us as well, beginning today. So, that, so that's basically our understanding of how we learn in this area. It's not magical. It's, it's not just for certain people. Um, we recognize the Lord does give certain gifts to people in the body of Christ, which we honor and revere, but he wants all of us to learn to pray for the sick. And so that comes as a process of learning how to. So what's the role of the Holy Spirit in this? First of all, becoming intimately acquainted with the Holy Spirit is vital to those who desire to pray effectively for others. I can't talk to you. We don't have the time today to talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. If you're here at St. Patrick's, you've heard a lot of this already through our homilies and through seminars that we've run. But, you know, um, I can't tell you enough the role of the Holy Spirit and the importance of the Holy Spirit in our prayer for healing with others. He is such a vital and a necessary work of the Lord in us. Um, if you haven't not experienced the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, this is an experience and encounter with the Lord that is waiting you. Um, the person and work of the Holy Spirit is not our focus in this seminar. Um, so that's probably another seminar. We could spend more time on that. Like I said, if you've been here, we've done that before. But I can't tell you enough that this is not a, simply a human uh, ingenuity type effort on our parts, but requires an openness to the power and the working of the Holy Spirit. So it must be understood that the power of the Spirit is vital to our effectiveness in praying with others. Okay, so with that in mind, let's turn to uh, attitudes towards healing. On your outline, and we want to talk here, look at reasons why we don't pray for the sick. We're starting from this place is because for most of us probably, unless you grew up in a family that prayed with the sick or grew up in a church that did that when you were just little, um, most of us don't think of praying for the sick. We, uh, we may pray prayers for them, like, Lord, please help so-and-so are going through this or they're ill, but we don't think of ourselves as vessels that the Lord wants to use in praying with others. So we'll talk about the reasons why we don't. So for, first of all, attitudes towards healing. First of all, we don't necessarily believe that healing is possible. Um, we, and there are some who know and choose not to believe that. There's a whole wing of the Christian church, uh, evangelicals who are dispensationists. Uh, they believe that healing was just for the early church, and then when the Bible was established and the church got established, then there wasn't a need for healing gifts or miracles because uh, the church had been established, the Bible has been established. So they deliberately have developed a whole theology that says, nope, don't do that, <laughs> not today. God can heal, and sometimes he does heal, but we don't pursue it as something that we learn how to pray with others. Second is, we, um, we don't pray, the reason why we don't pray for the sick is we just don't know. We don't know that that's possible. So hopefully something like today begins to break through that and says it's not only possible, it's something the Lord wants to use us in. And thirdly, it is possible but not likely. <laughs> so, yeah, he does do it, but... You know, most of the time not. And besides, we have a, in this country, we have a very well-developed medical system. You all, we all know that, right? And so God does a lot of healing through medical system, and we would say a big amen to that, and we're so thankful for that. 
but that also can be a reason why we don't pursue healing. Letter B, I don't believe, but I want to. So it hasn't been part of my experience, hasn't been part of my journey, but I do want to begin looking at it. Letter C, I do believe, but I don't act on it. So yeah, God does heal, and you know, um, if you're coming from a Catholic background, we have like shrines and you know, holy places, and they're holy people, like saints. They all do that. But for me, um, I, yeah, I believe it's possible. I believe the Lord does do that, but there's nothing I think he wants to do with me with that, you know, unless I need it myself. But outside of that, you know, I don't see myself as a vessel. Letter D, I do be- I believe, I do act on it, but I'm not seeing very many positive results, <laughs> okay? So I pray with people. Guess what? They either die uh, or, you know, they get sick, remain sick, or just medical science does its job, which is also awesome, you know, but, uh, but basically, you know, I don't see good results or positive results. And letter E, I do believe I act on it, and I'm seeing very positive results. So somewhere you'll find yourself on that spectrum. It's really helpful to identify yourself on that spectrum. Say, where's my starting place? Where am I? And then this is we hope you'll begin taking the next step today. And that's what we want to do is help you take the next step today. Number two, reasons why we don't pray for the sick. My way of seeing, that is called a worldview, is not accurate. For example, uh, in our culture, the Western culture, particularly uh, what grew up in the 18th century, particularly was a philosophy called deism. Basically, in a nutshell, they said God made the world, but then he backed off and let us to run it. So he doesn't intervene. He expects us, with all our resources and natural abilities, to be able to work out situations ourselves. He steps off to the side. He's like on the bench, but he's like, he's watching, but he's like off to the side. That philosophy penetrated many churches throughout the 19th, 20th century into the 21st century and basically says that God doesn't directly intervene in our lives. Um, So we have other means he does that through natural means or through uh, human endeavors and so on. That, that way of seeing cuts out healing completely for the most part. And if he does heal, it's like, whoops, like, I guess it was just like an accident. Maybe the guy healed, you know. So, but normally he doesn't. Number one, I don't believe God acts in the world this way. Number two, others believe he acts in the world only on occasions. For example, he acts in the world but through special places. For us as Catholics, it's like lords, you know, it's Fatima, holy places, um, Special people, like the saints, um, Padre Pio, for example, or, you know, some of the saints of the past, like, uh, you know, uh, Catherine of Siena or so on. So in other words, he works through the holy people. Um, if you're coming from a Protestant background, he works through those that are being given the gifts of healing, have a ministry of healing. That's where he's working. And, uh, but the rest of us, not necessarily. So we go to them, right? We go to their crusades or their conferences and so on and say, hey, you know, he's the healer. God's using him. So um, I'm here to receive healing from him. Only for reasons God knows. In other words, it's a mystery. We won't be able to figure it out in this life. And we might get some information on the other side. Okay? But basically, we just, it's a mystery to us. There's some of the attitudes. Letter B, I don't feel I have the power to pray for the sick. And that comes from two things. I lack knowledge. I don't know how to do this. Again, today is, meant, is designed to help us to begin to learn how, knowing that it's possible. It's, it's, it's kind of like learning a, riding a bicycle. 
You can ride a bicycle. You have to learn how to do it. Or driving a car. You can drive a car, but learning how. Number two is I lack skills and experience. Skills, practices, things that we learn how to pray for the sick. How do you do that? That's what we want to begin teaching you some of those things today. And, of course, experience means the habit of praying with the sick. And that comes in two ways. We'll explore a little bit, touch on that. It means, one, is hanging around people who are doing it. Uh, and, secondly, doing it yourself, praying for others yourself. Letter C, I don't have an acceptable model I can relate to. This is really, we think, is a big deal. It's why we're, we've off, we're offering a model today. We don't believe it's the beginning and the end of all models. It's not Noah's Ark, okay? We just think it's a model we've, we've found relatable and easy to use. Um, most of our models for healing come from television, TV evangelists, right? Uh, the healer uh, on TV that we see. And then we say, I don't think I can relate to that. In fact, I don't even think I can do any of that. I can't imagine myself doing what he or she's doing, you know. Um, and we watch TV, we hear things, we maybe even go to a healing conference and the person is like the healer, so to speak. Um, of course, they're deferring to Jesus to do the healing, but they're the ones that are actually doing all the praying for the sick. And we say, I don't know if I can relate to that model, you know. Uh, so we believe models are a big thing because models embody our values. They embody our skills and practices, and so we believe the model we're offering is available for anyone who has a desire to pray for the sick. Letter D, I don't get too embarrassed or let God down or others down when healing doesn't occur. That's a big obstacle. What if I pray for the sick and they don't get healed? How's God going to, what's that say about God? I mean, that's a reflection on him. It's not so good. And besides that, I get embarrassed over that. Besides, and most of all, I don't want to let the person down. I don't want to give them a false hope, as we say. Okay. So that's, a, that's, a, that's an attitude that we sometimes hold, sometimes unconsciously, and that can be a blockage to us praying for others. Letter E, I don't have a healthy theology of healing. Now, theology, we, uh, it sounds like a, a, a fancy word. Really, my definition of theology is understanding. Um, it's, it's so simple. How do, how do we do this? What, what is healing? And so today we hope to give you an understanding or a more formal word, theology of healing, so that um, you can relate to that theology and understand it. In letter F, if I end up praying for others, people may think I'm strange. I'll be a Jesus fanatic. Gosh, that's, isn't that awful? <laughs> so what my friends think? You know, if I'm at the water cooler at work or, you know, Monday morning, and they ask, what would you do during the weekend? I don't know if I want to tell them I would pray for the sick, you know. So what would they think of me? Sometimes uh, that can block our desire to learn how to pray with others. And lastly, I don't have exposure to a supportive environment to pray with others. That's a big deal, we think, too. Healing is learned by environment, by relationships. It's who we hang with. Uh, it's, It's who... Uh, so growing a group of people, it could be two, three, four, five, or six, or it could be a whole church that's supporting it. Uh, um, it could be a ministry that's supporting you, praying for healing. The point is your environment's, environment's created through your relationships that you hang with, and in those relationships, there is a supportive environment to pray, to learn, to grow, make mistakes, learn from the mistakes, dialogue about it, learn from one another, and so on. So, Okay, let's turn over to page three. We're going to give you throughout the day reflection questions. Most of it is for you to take home and reflect on yourself. But what I'd like you to do for a moment now, um, just
just to give you a flavor of some of the reflection questions, when you get home today or during the week or whatever, summarize your impressions of what you're learning, what questions have risen for you. We believe asking questions um, as you go through the healing process is a great thing to do. Um, maybe some of those questions we'll have today, we'll be able to field some of those. We have a little, a small section of time set aside for that. But, but basically, questions that you have in learning to pray for the sick, keep a, keep a journal of your questions. I, I found that very helpful. Uh, I'll share with you my little bit of a journey later on, but for me in this, but um, I found it helpful to keep my questions in a journal um, and, and be able to work at answering those questions. God's not embarrassed by our questions. He's not put off by them. He's, you know, in fact, I think he delights in our questions because it shows a real heart that seeks, you know. Number three is, what attitudes do you think would be helpful for a fruitful healing ministry? If you're thinking about developing that ministry from the parish you come from, uh, what are some of the attitudes that are helpful? And what is your way of seeing healing taking place? What's your experience in that area? It's helpful to reflect on where you're coming from in your journey of experiencing healing, even if it's sitting in front of a television watching a TV evangelist. That's part of your journey that can either hinder or help you in this process. Okay, I want to take a few minutes here in your small groups. Um, just talk about what you gleaned from what impressed you just from the first part of our t- this teaching here and maybe share an attitude or two that is prevalent in your life regarding healing. All right, have your attention back up front here. Let's turn to uh, page four in your booklets. I want to look at now some turning points and reasons to pray for the sick. There's some turning points in our lives, things that will make a difference for us that we begin, say, I'm moving kind of the ship in the direction of starting to pray with, uh, with people. First of all, how do we actually begin to pray for the sick? There's a, people begin to pray for the sick for a combination of reasons. Um, Here's some of them. First, I take the first step. I'm willing, I'm willing to be prayed for. Oftentimes, getting prayer for mothers is the first step that we take. Um, some of the things that we have about that is it will work for everyone but me. Okay. So, ever had that one come into your mind? Everybody else is good at it. Everybody else will achieve, but not me. Okay. Uh, secondly, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be prayed for. Um, also, I'm not worthy to be used as a vessel to pray for others. And some unworthiness, a feeling of inadequacy can really hinder us. Hopefully today we can begin dismissing some of that um, in your hearts and minds. Uh, third, what if I do it, what if I don't do it right? You know, um, Here at St. Patrick's, we just have a saying that, you know, I'm committed to cleaning up and working through mistakes okay so i'm committed to doing that we want people to make mistakes i rather see people step out and risk and make mistakes and i'm committed to working through that no problem um if you can't make mistakes then we're not we won't learn how to pray for the sick simple as that so we want to create a mistake prone environment here at st patrick's okay so so okay but it's imp- I think it's important to think about that for yourselves. What if I don't do it right? And this is where the supportive environment comes in and can be helpful to you. Number two is I pray for a person and something good happens. So I did step out. So hopefully today we can begin to step out a little bit. We'll have a, a, a chance a couple times here just to begin praying with each other and step out. And something good, like it worked. Wow. <laughs> I'm surprised. 
some of the healings that I've been, the Lord has used me to bring to other people, I've been like shocked, like that really happened, you know, so <laughs> I, I was the most shocked person in the building, so, you know, so we'll take questions later on, okay. What if I don't do it, well, I'm sorry, now, now I get it, letter B, now I get it, um, so which means simply I've been doing it and now it's starting to become part of me. I, it makes sense, the light bulb goes off in my head. And, and I think that's true for all of us. Um, you know, I, I think like um, there's a, pl- a place where we pursue this. We begin to step out and making some headway. We see some good things happen. All of a sudden it just clicks. Like, I think I want to do this more often. I want to do this a lot. And we never, once you've had some success, you'll never look at a person who's hurting and broken, whether it be body, mind, or spirit, ever the same way again. You know, the Lord will hook you like he went fishing and he got you (laughs) okay and you'll never be the same again so number three is when i see that people prefer that god prefers people healthy rather than sick when i have a sense that that god is on the side of healing i've heard me if you've heard me preached here at saint patrick's you know i often say god stretches out two hands to us one is through medical science and all the just the commitment and the gifts and the resources, but he also stretches out the supernatural hand of prayer to us. I say, often tell people, why not grab both hands? Why just grab one? I can observe a model I relate to. Hopefully, we're going to offer you a model today that you can relate to. Again, uh, models have to be learned. They have to be bought into, too. In other words, they, they embody values and practices that we learn. So, But we want to at least... Uh, by initiation they offer something to you to begin to lay hold of. Um, again, and you may have your own models that you may feel drawn to, and that's awesome. That's great, too. And, uh, we're, like I said, we're not Noah's Ark here, so, um, but we're offering something that we found helpful. Number five, when I hang out with people who are engaged in praying with others, a key turning point is when I'm in an environment. environment can be several people or it can be a whole church can be a prayer group, it can be a, pr- a prayer ministry, where it is natural to pray with others, it's normal to pray with others, and it's an environment that's supportive in that. When I hang out with others, I learn the best. You know. So, number six, I realize medicine and prayer are on the same uh, on the same side to make people well. And you can look in the Bible, for example, and. Uh, Medicine has always been part of the Bible. Sirach, the book of Sirach, uh, for us in, the, for, in our Catholic Bibles, we, we believe that, uh, in fact, it says in there, when you're sick, go find a good doctor, says Sirach. You know? Luke was a physician. You know? He traveled with Paul quite a bit. You know? So there is no um, contrariness between medicine and prayer for healing. We believe the best combination is, is to bring them both together. And, of course, is I know doctors who not only treat people medically with the expertise of their vocation, but they also pray with their patients for recovery, for healing. Number seven, I see the scripture revelation of healing more clearly. Um, We're going to talk some about that today. If you've been to the other two seminars, we dealt more into the scriptural basis for healing and gave many stories and models of that and so on. And a lot of that can be found on our website uh, there. But... um, today but when you get a sense that the scripture is really speaking about healing for us today not just what happened 2,000 years ago okay so number two reasons to pray for the sick 
if God were a good friend, wouldn't he want you well? Like, friends want the best for their friends, right? So if God's a good friend, then wouldn't he want you well too? Uh, Teresa Vavala said that, uh, basically, she said prayer is simply a conversation between friends, she said. So think of your best friend. Wouldn't they want the best for you? Letter B, church history is full of stories of people getting healed. We don't have time to dwell on today in further teachings that we do a lot of. Um, we get more into the history of where it's happened in our past, but Christianity is, is filled with stories of healing. In the early church, uh, um, the early Christians had this understanding that anybody can pray for the sick, and some church historians as well as secular historians believe that it was – that was a main driver in Christianizing the pagan world, is that Christians praying for the sick and casting evil uh, spirits out of people's lives. Another C, the Catholic Church uh, sees health and prayer related to, related to it. It's a good value to pursue. Um, Catholic hospitals, for example, are plentiful. Um, Catholic Charities has its own outreaches of healing, and we'll, we'll look at healing in a broader sense a little bit later on today. Um, but it's, uh, it's always been, at least in the Catholic tradition, that uh, uh, movement towards making people well uh, through medical means and through prayer has been part of our tradition, our history. Yeah. And letter D, Jesus' ministry consisted of healing the sick, and he trained his followers to do the same today. Pope Benedict XVI said that Christianity is a therapeutic religion uh, because healing is such... Uh, woven into the ministry of Jesus. But something else that Jesus did is he trained his disciples to do it. Obviously, he had the intention of them continuing to do what he begun. Um, in fact, in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he's, or 15 through 17, he says that, that those who believe in my name will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He didn't say those who are saints, those who are ministers, those who are priests, those who are bishops, those who are elders of the church. He said, those who believe. That kind of encompasses everybody who's a follower of Jesus. She lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. So um, let me just take a, just a brief couple minutes here um, uh, to share my journey with you. Um, you know, when I grew up as a Catholic, basically uh, I understood healing was part of our tradition, but it was kind of like a really a distant thing for me. Um, and I knew there were shrines and saints and so on. And uh, in our family, we really didn't pray for the sick. Um, when anybody was sick, we treated everybody medically, naturally speaking. And then we would offer a prayer, you know, Lord, please make them better. And that was about the end of the story. Um, as I got older um, and I, my faith became more awakened in my life and Jesus became more real to me, I realized it was possible to pray for the Lord to heal, but I never saw myself as part of uh, any kind of ministry of praying for the sick. Um, even though I had witnessed other people doing that, I didn't think it was a possibility for me. And even when I was ordained to the priesthood, um, and I didn't realize it then, it didn't, it didn't connect for me then, but uh, the scripture passages that were used that day were from Luke chapter 4. Uh, Jesus stands up in the temple and says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to bring good news to the poor, healing to the brokenhearted, sight to the blind, deliverance to those who are captive. That was the gospel that was read at my ordination. Uh, later on, I would reflect on that gospel because it had come to mean now so much to me. But then it went like way over my head. 
you know. And uh, so I saw the priesthood as providing, of course, the sacraments, God's word, bringing people to relationship to Christ. And yes, there would be prayer for healing. But I didn't see myself as instrumental to that. But then it was uh, just a couple years after my ordination, um, I went to a conference here in Baltimore. It was run by John Wimber, and it was a week-long conference on healing um, and about how to bring healing to others. And I went with a certain expectation because I'd been listening to his tapes for quite a while, you know, and had been listening to his teachings. So he wasn't even there at the conference. He got sick. So, so and his, his team filled in for him. So, so uh, but you know what? The team didn't miss a heartbeat because when we talk about training, he provided an excellent, excellent model of training because his team took over. And uh, during that week, I gained what kind of like you're gaining here, but in a concentrated form over a five-day period for several hours in the course of the day. I gained uh, a model of healing prayer. Uh, I gained an understanding, theology of it. Uh, I gained uh, the practice of it with others. And um, I came away from the week realizing that this was not only uh, something the Lord wanted me to do, but something he was providing today, but I came away with an understanding that it was something I wanted to do for the rest of my life, every single day, because I saw it as integral to the ministry of Jesus. And as if, if you're coming from a Catholic tradition, uh, Catholics uh, believe that when they're priests ordained, they're, they're ordained with the understanding that they're like Christ in many ways, not only at the Eucharistic table, but they are to model them, the ministry and the heart of Christ to other people. Um, and so... What Jesus, I began to realize that what was proclaimed in the gospel, my ordination day, was very much uh, being spoken to me as saying, this is what the priesthood should be about. And so that began for me, that conference was kind of like, sort of like something like today, only longer, opened up the door to explore healing and to study it and to do it and practice it. But I also realized also from that day, that part of the ordained ministry was to equip everyone else to do it. You know, that that was essential too. Um, it's taken a while for me with a lot of ups and downs, but wherever I've gone in pastoral ministry and parishes, it's always been the heart. Pray for the sick and train others to do so. Um, and why? Because first of all, it's the ministry or the ordained to equip the saints for ministry. Ephesians chapter 4, it's also the call of everyone who's baptized. Those who believe in my name will lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. And to me, it's, it presents one of the greatest opportunities and hopes we can bring to a suffering, broken humanity. To look at the brokenness in people's lives, whether it be physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and say, there is an answer to this. You know? And that answer is found in the healing ministry of Jesus. And he is eager to bring that to his people so since that time, uh, conferences like that and maybe days like this for you can be beginnings that I know it was for me. Uh, and I always thought that healing was for those gifted, right? And so I would go to the gifted and, and get prayed with and had some good results, you know. But then I realized that we are to honor those gifted for sure and value their ministries, but it's also for the rest of us too, you know. Uh, because Jesus is the healer, and the Holy Spirit is the dispenser of the gifts that we need. So, okay, so what we want to do now, and take about a few minutes, about, probably about 10 minutes to do this, is we want to uh, break you off into groups of three, 
and we want you to pray with each other. Now, we don't have God give you any model, okay? So here's what we'd like you to do. Just somebody say, I like prayer for this, and someone else simply place their, your hand on their shoulder and just pray for them. Jesus or Holy Spirit, please come and bring healing to whoever the person you're praying for. Um, and that's, that's all we want you to do for the next couple minutes, okay? But we want you just to begin to break the ice a little bit and just begin to practice praying with each other. So the hall is yours to go off on, and I'll call you back in about 10 minutes.